What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. As Patrick said, much ado about nothing. Who keeps beeping? Is that you, Patrick? Is that your pacemaker? Luke just sent me his location. Oh, Why? That's Wait, tell Luke <laughs> to send me. My, I want to send Luke his location. He knows we're recording a podcast. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, episode 85? I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is Ethan, a.k.a. Bropostle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. And Patrick, do us the honors of introducing yep. our lovely guest today. So about a month ago, I got this wonderful book in the mail called Follow. And I was like, oh, great, another oh, cool. book about Twitter. But then I realized it wasn't about Twitter. It was about Jesus. <laughs> oh. And <laughs> that's right, kids. Jesus wants to follow. Jesus wants you to follow him, but not, not, on, not on Twitter. He wants not to on social media. He wants you to follow in real life. We can be Catholic speakers. This, uh, this, <laughs> this book was written by our friend Katie. Um, last name uh, I don't know how to I don't know how to say your second to last last. Prejean name. McGrady. Say it for me. Prejean. <laughs> Even got it. Boom. Nice. I pay attention. Katie, first question before we start anything: How does it feel that your name after you got married rhymes? Uh, you know, I should have opened up a cupcake stand and become Katie <laughs> McGrady, the cupcake lady. If you eat anything I bake, you'll die. You know what would it be even better? Yeah, what? <laughs> is if you sold gravy. So you could be Katie McGrady, the gravy lady. The, the gravy lady? Yes. <laughs> no, the, I mean, part the thing that you sell on your menu is Katie McGrady's sausage and gravy. Yeah. Biscuits and gravy. There we go. Oh, there, you know, rice and gravy is a big thing down mm-hmm. here. Really? Wow. It is. Like, you just make some rice and you put some gravy on it, and that's a that's meal. a lot of carbs. It, well, have you seen people from Louisiana? We're huge. That's true. <laughs> I say that lovingly. Hey, my mom's you know, from Louisiana. Like, where I'm from. Um, and I never want to live anywhere else. So there you go. Um, My mom's from Louisiana. I wow. Heard that, but yeah. Is she really? Yes. What part? Yeah, she's from Saint Bernard Parish in New okay. Orleans. And the yeah. New Orleans. I was just I was just in Marrero, right outside New Orleans last weekend. No so. way. I don't know anything about New Orleans except. For yeah. New <laughs> well, there's a lawless street that you should never go to. <laughs> but other than that, it's a wonderful. It's place. called it's called Whiskey Street. Um, yes. Yes, Katie. The, we have we have lots of important things to talk about. Obviously, the first one is who are you rooting for in the NBA playoffs? That's the number one. Obviously, the Warriors. Oh man, uh, Patrick, I'm taking a step back. I'm done. I can't, it's fine. It's fine. I can't do it anymore. I quit. Oh, <laughs> you, buddy? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Thank no! you very much. No. Okay. No. I'm leaving this podcast. I'm taking a step back. As Michael Gormley would say, I'm moonwalking out of this conversation. <laughs> you can't reference another podcast on, on our this podcast, podcast. Katie. Yeah, Sorry. that's a social breach. They referenced you we, guys. Yeah, but to make yeah, fun of did, us. Yeah. Well, I was kind of making fun of him. So oh, there you go. well, I, the worst the worst part about catching Fox is that whenever Luke roasts us for five minutes, Gomer is silent. But then at the end of his roast, when he starts to compliment us, Gomer talks over him and then edits out his compliment. <laughs> <laughs> That's All we so get true. is bad publicity. It's my favorite podcast. Why are you a Warriors fan? So it's a stupid <laughs> reason. Okay. But it makes sense. 
And right. he just, I'm a female, so I'm going to appeal to my feminine sensibilities. Okay. My husband, when we started dating, I told him he could pick one sport that I would watch with him, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Like, and so, and, and I was secretly hoping he wouldn't choose football only because he gets really depressed when his team loses. <laughs> And like change, like he changes. He's a Giants fan, and they suck right now. So mm-hmm. like, I was really hoping it wasn't going to be football. And he chose basketball. He's okay. like, I think you'll like basketball. It's there's a lot of movement. It's very exciting. You won't get bored. And the first game I ever sat down and watched with him was a Warriors game. Wow. And they were so good. Mm-hmm. Like they just they moved the ball really well. And like I, I felt like I would get a beer with any of those guys on the team. Like we could <laughs> hang out. And then I started following Steph Curry's wife on Instagram, and it was like all bets it's are just, off. Everything's Every changed. Like, That's kind is, of cheating because she is amazing. She's incredible. Yeah. And then, and then this is the kicker to the whole thing: their uh-huh. colors are blue and gold, mm-hmm. blue and yellow. And the local college in my hometown, which I grew up going uh, to all the sporting events, their colors are blue and gold. So I already had stuff to like mm-hmm. seem like a fan. So here we are. Okay. And I actually, I mean, I, I have like legit gear. Like I have a baseball cap. I have a real Steph Curry jersey. Whoa. Like, none, like, of that, none of that Chinese stuff? Fan. No, like it's legit. Somebody from Oakland bought it for me. Wow. So it's real. Um, but Ooh, that's important. what I'm rooting for. So that was way too much detail. No, this is good. This is good. I need you... To be honest, Warriors fans do need to justify, like, yes, why. I'm not a, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of a bandwagon fan, but like, they were the first NBA game I ever watched and like actually paid attention to. So I feel like I'm allowed to be their fan. Totally fair. I'm the same way with the Houston Astros. Just huge bandwagon. Yeah. Just because that's of okay. That's team. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, like half team. of my fantasy team is made up of Astros. Yeah. The, Patrick, can we convert this into a basketball podcast? Cause I, nobody else in my life, We'll talk about basketball with me, except my good friend Josh Carlgren. If you're listening, I love you. Um, I mean, I can't talk about basketball with you, but yes, you can start an offshoot podcast called <laughs> Podcasketball. Podcasketball. Where? Well, Patrick, I I'm the, surprised. The do you road, remember the road to the NBA Finals? What? Do you remember when the the Barons went to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament? The who now? The <laughs> the Steubenville Barons. The team. Um. <laughs> No, they're the, the my 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 qualm with this is that they're Division Three. Like, there's no wait, but I mean that I mean anybody can make it to the tournament. You just have to believe, Patrick. Do you not believe in your really? team? I don't believe in my team. Well, I believed in my team. They made, it, they made it. Give athletic scholarships. They there's made it no to the elite eight. Five people good at basketball decided to go to Franciscan. Fair there's enough. No way. Fair enough. Okay. Anyway, uh, Katie, tell me more about your. Bit. I don't have any more bits. Katie's here. We should. Oh do wait, that. we talked about wait, Franciscan. No. I want to know. I want to know why. Um, you're an OKC fan. Um, it's a geography issue more than anything. Um, they were the they were the closest team to me growing up because I grew up in Kansas City, and mm-hmm. I mean I go to K State, so it's really the only thing around. And also, um, Russell Westbrook is just my favorite player. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. Oh, oh gosh, I love him. And I had such high hopes for our friendship. I'm sorry, but and and even in, in addition to Russ, you've got Stephen Adams, the big the big Kiwi, is just a beautiful man, uh, strong center, very good player. Um, I love, I mean, I just, I just think it's been a really exciting team to watch, even though they haven't been, uh, too good lately. I still love watching, uh, Russ and Steven and Paul George and Carmelo this year have been awesome. Just a fun, you fun mean team Paul to watch. George, speaker, right? Paul George, the Steubenville speaker, right? Paul George, the Steubenville speaker, of course. He not. lives about yeah, an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm, yeah, that mm-hmm. Paul George. Yes, that Paul George. Not the, also a PGT writer team. with Ave Maria Press. Mm-hmm. No way. Drink. Yeah. I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, so it's really just a geography thing, and also I like the players. Why don't you like Russ? He just averaged a triple-double two seasons in a row. Never been done before. Impressive. He's a dirt bag. He just, I just like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Oh, and nobody on the Warriors is a dirt oh, bag. Of course, of course there's a dirt bag. But Aisha Curry and Steph redeem them all. Let's mm. be real. I think, I think it takes a lot to redeem Clay Thompson's rampant, uh, sexual impropriety. Let's be honest. Oh, we're going there. <laughs> we're going there. <laughs> I was just saying, like, they just look. Oh. You know, he just looks like a dirt bag. He looks like, like a dirt bag. I'm like he's whiny, mm. and in my home we call him Whiny Wessel Westbrook. That's our nickname for him every time he comes on the. That's screen. actually it's funny. That's such a burn. But you could say that about any NBA player. You really it. can. They're all kind of a bunch of babies. Yeah. Which is why they have to marry beautiful, strong women like Aisha. Curry. Like Aisha Curry. But, okay, she's really maybe that's why I'm a fan. I just love Steph Curry's wife. I just adore everything <laughs> she is doing. Her social media is so pure. Mm-hmm. Her children are beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm with it. Anyway. Patrick, can... Patrick, what do you think about the NBA? I have, I don't follow the NBA. I'm sorry. <laughs> I <laughs> poor kid, poor kid. I tried, I tried to get into basketball, but there's just, okay. So it, it's a lot about the, the pace of the sport. Like I just, I couldn't get into the, maybe, fast maybe you would like the, like, maybe you would like the pacers. <sighs> That was such a dad joke. All right, I'll, I'll okay. All right, I'm really done now. <laughs> I like the pace. I, I I tried a bunch of different sports. I like baseball. The pace of baseball, <laughs> baseball gets me going. I'm I'm super into it. I I'm not I'm not a fan of of football or basketball really. So I'm sorry, and it it sucks because I can't have conversations about basketball because I don't know anything about basketball. That's okay. We still love you. You're still a beloved son of God. Nothing changes uh-huh. there. What a wholesome podcast we have! I know, really. We could end it here, and we're good. That's we're good. <laughs> speaking well, of speaking of being loved by Jesus Christ, um, wait, Katie, we never really formally introduced you, or you didn't introduce so. <laughs> that's that's okay. That's what I'm here for. I'm just would you like talk, would you like, like to give us your your 200 words or less bio? Oh, let me pull it up. Hang on, I have one written now. Yeah, I um, I'm a speaker. I travel around the country about 40 weekends out of the year talking about Jesus and people pay me. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm a writer. I write books and blogs and articles and all manner of things. And people pay me to do that too, which is pretty cool. Um, And I'm a wife and I'm a mom. I have a really great husband and daughter. In fact, I'm sitting in my home office right now looking at the two of them swinging in a hammock in my backyard. And like Aww. she's just affectionately like grabbing at his hair because she's at that adorably fun age of almost eight months old where everything is a toy, including daddy's hair. Um, <laughs> that's 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 really about it. I went to the Vatican not long ago. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's um, right. You were part of the uh, the youth synod, the pre synod, right? Pre synod, yeah, yeah. We can dish yeah. about that. Um, and what I'm does that mean? Start, <laughs> what is what dish or just no, 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 no. I'm familiar <laughs> with dishing, but what um. For for those who might not know, what what was the pre synod about, and what is a synod? Yeah, so a synod is a gathering of bishops by definition, the synodal fathers. Wouldn't that sound cool? Um, and so Pope Francis called a synod on youth, faith, and vocational discernment. Quite the title. Um, and they're going to write and talk about young people in October of 2018. And so, in his wisdom as the supreme pontiff, thought, oh, we should probably talk to young people about young people before we write a document for them. Um, and so that's what the mm-hmm. priest was. Yeah, right? You know, he's yeah. kind of a smart guy. Um, 
And so that's what it was. It was a gathering of about 300 or so young people from around the world, um, from different bishops conferences and movements and organizations within the Catholic Church. Uh, and we gathered together for a week and we basically just talked and wrote the whole time and became really good friends. And there's a document. You can read it online. How did you like get it. picked for this? That's a good question. Because um, th- I'm pretty sure I submitted I in an application and I never heard back. So I don't so know. There, 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 well, <laughs> I want to see that application. There was that thing on Catholic Creatives where like two people were like, hey, if you think you want to go to this, like you should apply. And I remember seeing that and I was like, I'm a thousand percent sure the USCCB is not reading comment boxes on Catholic Creatives Facebook page. But I actually (laughs) didn't. I never commented on anything because it just kind of fell off my radar. No, I found out after the fact there was actually no formal application. Archbishop uh, Chaput and Cardinal Tobin were appointed by the USCCB to choose representatives, and they sought out recommendations from a variety of people. And one of those people recommended me. Dang. And I didn't. I found out after the fact. Um, like I got a phone call in December saying, <clears throat> "Hey, like you've been a topic of conversation at the USCCB for the past week. We just want you to know that like your bishop approved of you being invited. We read all your books and all your writings, and like my second book wasn't even out yet, so that was a little freaky. Like how did you get this?" <laughs> Um, and, and they invited me and, and I got an all expense paid trip to the Vatican and, uh, here we are. And then I got trolled on Twitter and it was worth it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a huge bummer. I didn't see any of that, so I can't talk about it. Yeah. I didn't see any of it either. Uh, it it makes so much sense to me. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I was, I didn't have the app and I also didn't look at it unless I had something to say and then I would get immediately off of it again. So Good man. That's true. I missed anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, I didn't you know, I didn't see people. it. <laughs> they the people got all in a tizzy about the lack of and we'll I'll say it quickly and then we can move on. They thought that we didn't talk about the Latin mass enough. They never do. Um, but they never do. Like if we had if we had mentioned it, they would have been like, "Oh, you didn't really mean it." And and if we like, you know, or excuse me, if we'd given it a paragraph, they would have said we didn't really mean it. And so we mentioned it in a lineup of a bunch of other things. And they said that it wasn't enough. And most yep. of those people are now happily blocked on my Twitter page. So. <laughs> the hermeneutic of suspicion is what, is what we call it here on the crunch. Boy, if Pat. you approach something with a hermeneutic of suspicion, then you're good, always going to be right. It's a good reference. Are you, are you a theology major, Patrick? Why, as a matter Whoa. of fact, I am. Oh. <laughs> Drink. I, don't I added. A, I manually added a beer opening sound earlier, and I don't think anybody heard it. But I did. I, did. I thought you'd actually opened a beer since you're 21 now. I was. Excited. I did. I am 21 now, and we didn't get. To, I didn't get to drink on the last week's podcast because we recorded it before my birthday. But today is the first day that I'm drinking on the podcast. Everybody, hi, Cheers. mom. Are you proud of me? I. <laughs> what you drinking? Um, Ethan made fun of me, but I'm drinking a shock top, which is a Belgian white, and I'm very, I'm very proud of I it. I like it a lot. It's a good one. It is. It's tropical, and it reminds me of home. I miss my Florida so much. What part of Florida are you from? Sorry, I've turned into the interviewer. Tell me. That's okay. It happens all the time. We it are. Really I am from. I am from Melbourne, Florida, which is on the Space Coast. I'm five minutes from the beach and twenty minutes from rockets. Cool. Fun. And you're from Kansas, Ethan. Yeah. What's up? Five minutes. Center of the country, <laughs> repping hard. Midwest. You know what it is. We had our first eighty degree day today. Oh, that's exciting. I know, and I'm inside doing a podcast. Same. <laughs> we should go get some sun when this is finished boy. i know yeah i wish i could just take my whole rig and just take it outside and do it on the street that'd be <laughs> the fun. sunshine glinting off of ethan's porcelain skin mm, yes <laughs> i'm very white oh my gosh i just fell over 
Um, okay, so you went to the Synod. What would you say is kind of the... So I guess you tried to put everything in the document. So I guess people read the document. But as far as your own impressions yeah. of like the other young people around the world, what were some of the cues that you kind of picked up from other young Catholics? Like what are the kind of the prevailing tendencies among like this group of people? Was everybody, was there, is there a way to nail everybody down? Was there a certain group that acted one way or thought one way or thought another way? Like what was kind of, do you have any uh, insights yeah. into that? Yeah, yes, for give sure. Us the I mean, synodopsis. Yeah. The synodopsis, please. Synodopsis. Here we go. In 30 seconds or less, which is impossible. Um, so the first off, the really cool thing was that nobody was in a group with somebody from the same country. So we were all spread out. So there were 20 language groups, um, and I was the only American in mine. And so people in my language group were from South Korea, mainland China, Germany, Latvia, wow. Belarus. Like, totally forgot Belarus was a real country. It's a real country. <laughs> I met a girl from there. Her name is Kate. She's very nice. Um, there were three Africans in my group, Ethiopia, Kenya, and Ghana. Um, a girl from Trinidad and Tobago, a nun from India, a guy from the Philippines. Just so, like... I'm saying that just there was a breadth of people in my mm. language group. I was an English group too. And one thing that seemed really universal um, was that young people across the world from all different socioeconomic backgrounds and cultural backgrounds, even those that are not Catholic, because there were some people there that were not Catholic. We had a Jewish guy in my group. Interesting. Um, yeah. Which I, I, I do want to talk about that because he was fascinating. Um, there is a prevailing problem with finding and holding on to an authentic identity in young people today. And like when I say the term young people, that like what do y'all think when I say young people? Like what age do you think I'm talking about? Under 30. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so that's like the Vatican defined it as like 16 to 29, which is a huge age range. And yeah. in my opinion, was some fundamentally flawed. Because like as mm -hmm. a 28-year-old mom, I am a different type of young person than even you two. Right. Or even like the high school students that I speak to. And technically the Vatican was like trying to put us all in one category. Which I think is insane, but. Yeah, but, so, but at the yeah. same time, like what were they going to do? Have like a high school synod on youth faith. And oh my gosh, synod. that would have been the worst thing ever. Right, right. A college student synod. <laughs> oh my faith. gosh, like, that would have been the second worst thing ever. <laughs> there you go. A married couples one. Oh, they did that. And, you know, now we know what's happening. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so like it. It's such a wide ranging, wide ranging age group. That's how I want to say that. Um, but at the same time, like that problem of seeking identity and finding identity and being able to even articulate like who you are, it doesn't matter where you are in the world or what age you are. That is a problem for people under 30. On top of that, the issue of media consumption kept coming up and like oh, such yeah. a way and not, not just like social media, but like even like television and movies and news and how much people are finding their identity and what they're consuming rather than in what they're producing or creating or how they're living their lives. And that was really fascinating. So imagine trying to speak truth to those young people or like mm. trying to share faith with those young people. So we had five days to talk about this stuff and three days to write a document that was only 11 pages long. I don't envy the bishops in October because they've got a heck of a lot to tackle and to talk about to try to figure out how the church can speak some truth into those situations and into those challenges. And then I got to eat a lot of gelato. So that was, <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, in just like looking through this document a little bit, you can tell the, the breadth of input. I mean, like I, I didn't even think about just in the first paragraph or in the first section, like the church in the middle East, 
Yeah. It like it, it rarely occurs to me in the Middle East, many young people feel ob- obliged to convert to other religions in order to be accepted by their peers. And it's like, that's, it's crazy how, so obviously peer influence is significant in young people's lives, mm-hmm. right? But peer pressure is felt in different ways and it is different in every culture. It's like, it, it this document really kind of, it gives you that breadth, that like panoramic vision of young people around the world because we do kind of get shut in our own box in America because we're just yeah. like, well, everyone is just exactly like us, right? And right, it's, it's not right. true. I had a, um, a heartbreaking conversation. So my roommate was from mainland China. Her name was mm. Pongling Rosa, and she was awesome. Um, and we have, we're Facebook friends now, but she has like a, a secret Facebook page because that's literally illegal in China. So she's working on her master's in um, the, the Philippines in childhood, like elementary education and childhood development. And so like she has a Facebook when she's in the Philippines, but when she goes home to see her family in China and she like only has a visa to be in the Philippines for a couple of years, she can like, she can access her Facebook in one place, but not in the other. Can you imagine? Like you just can't pull your phone up anytime you want. Cause the government like literally controls your phone. So we stayed up one night until about two in the morning talking about just like what it's like to live in a communist country, a conversation I never thought I would get to have with somebody that's like actually from a communist country and like how the government like literally chains the doors closed of the churches after the masses are done on Sunday. Dang. How like they're like young people are not allowed to go to any type of sacramental prep. So like kids are literally coming uncatechized to receive their sacraments because the government does not allow them to receive any type of sacramental prep, which like, and what other choice think, do you have you know, to give them? Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? Hold the sacraments hostage like we do in the United States of America and make kids pass tests. But that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Like, no, that's I, a topic I, of right now. Let's talk about this. Confirmation in our country needs to fundamentally change. You are not confirming something. Something is being confirmed in you. That's Katie's soapbox. But like talking to her until two in the morning. And she, so she told me this one story and it broke my heart about how like she basically tries to catechize young people like underground, like, like has like four or five high school kids over to her house for dinner. And like, they'll talk about faith, but she can never have more than five or six at a time. Um, because like she knows that if it, exactly, exactly. It's like Dumbledore's army. Like she's like secretly catechizing these kids in her home. And, and she told me how, like the, so she said, as we turn the lights off after we were done having this conversation and, you know, we're, we're falling asleep and, and I'm just on my phone, like scrolling through Twitter. Cause that's what everybody in America was awake. Um, she said very quietly in the dark, she was like, Katie, just know that Jesus Christ is allowing us in China to suffer so that we can be closer to the cross. Mm-hmm. And I just like, like I started crying in my bed. Cause I was like, I don't have faith like that. Like I don't like, I would not be Catholic in China. Let real. My faith is not that strong. Like I would totally give mm-hmm. it up. I would totally be like, Nope, don't kill me. Like I'm fine. Like Jesus and I'll figure it out when I die. And you're not going to be the one that shoots me because I love Jesus. Like, I, I don't know that I have that kind of faith. So talking to her was so cool and so inspiring. Um, and pray for the church in China. Like, that is just, it's a mission field that, like, it breaks my heart to think about. This, this global um, vision of the church makes you realize how petty most of our arguments are in America. Absolutely. Yeah. Catholicism Absolutely. Or, the church or anything. Like, the amount of, the amount of times I've seen just a bunch of like um, a bunch of wannabe theologians between the <laughs> ages of sixteen and twenty, hey now, who are, are twenty three, harping on Pope Francis, right? Who's from Argentina, which, from my understanding, used to be a communist country, or is like South America is like very influenced by communism. 
mm-hmm. and like just there's a lot of problems in Argentina that Pope Francis had to deal with and like I think Pope Francis has this panoramic view of the world and I think every pope has I think that's I think that's one of the advantages of the pope is you get to see you get to talk to the bishops once every 5 years and kind of get a um each each bishop once every 5 years and you get this 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 global view of the church and you can mm-hmm. see how people are are suffering in different places and it makes you not care that much about what form of the mass the americans are doing mm. mm-hmm. um and like it, it's for for an american to sit in our ivory tower and say i'm sorry now i'm on my soapbox and say keep going like no that's fine latin then say latin mass needs to be a global issue for every young person it's like are you kidding me are you kidding me it's so much easier <laughs> for an english speaker to enjoy the Latin mass than it is for a native Chinese speaker to enjoy the Latin mass. You know, it's just like there, there are people yeah, but who if, speak. But if it was Latin and we'd all know it, Patrick. <laughs> Sorry. That was my, Latin is uh, a tough language. Yeah. The Chinese are more concerned with not getting shot than they are with the, the liturgy. Exactly. Like that's so exactly. dumb. No, it absolutely and additionally, is true. the language barrier is like the language barrier is like, imagine if we all had to learn, imagine if the, if the Latin mass was the Greek mass and we had, cause like, the alphabet yeah. is completely different, completely different and it's a completely yeah. different language. And so the, the language barrier is even further removed for them. And then on top of that, they're try- people are actively trying to squash the name of Jesus Christ in Correct. China. Correct. So how are you supposed to get... <sighs> All right, soapbox gone. That Yeah, well, we have an embarrassment of in the United States of America. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I had a conversation with a guy from Egypt and he... So I, I, acci- I didn't accidentally... I sent an email to my <laughs> language group because I was there... I was there, um, the note taker in my group and my, you know, the bottom of my email signature has a link to my website and to my books. And like, I did not intentionally leave that in there. It just like, it was on my email and I didn't delete it. And so without my knowing some of the people in my language group clicked on my website and then like found all the stuff that I have the privilege of doing in America. And this guy from Egypt comes up to me and he goes, you speak at conferences. And I went, yeah, that's, you know, that's a big thing in the United States of America. And he like, he grabbed my shoulders. He said, sit down and tell me how to do a youth conference. And so like, essentially like walked him through the Steubenville youth ministry model of like Steubenville conferences. And we're trying to get him to come to one this summer because he desperately wants to see how these things work because they have no point of reference for that Mm. really anywhere across the ocean, England and France have youth conferences and and like Italy has like an annual gathering of young people a couple of times a a year, but like Egypt, they don't have Steubenvilles in Ghana. Like they, that's not a reality for them. And yet you could literally go to any, probably any state. I would, I'd be willing to say any state in the United States of America. And at least once a month, there'll be some sort of, general youth gathering of a couple hundred or more young people Mm -hmm. like i don't think that's wrong of me to say right we have that opportunity in our country and then like people like me get paid to go talk at that like that's not a reality elsewhere what are we doing fighting about the form of liturgy like shut up and just be (laughs) grateful for what we have but we can't be excited about youth conferences because it's all about emotion and it doesn't it it, it leads people to have an emotion-based faith and then well, you know, that's not a real faith, well, you know, so we shouldn't those even... Those Latin mass lovers are getting pretty emotional last time I checked. Oh! So they're having... Sorry, I'm just... I appreciate it. That was very nice of me. Burn. <laughs> the benefit of a podcast is that I can cut it out, so... <laughs> I. You can keep that in if you'd like. Okay, I will. <laughs> you didn't take much convincing. 
I, I guess crazy. I guess we I guess we should be talking about the youth conference and or the youth senate pre youth pre senate on the youth since we are a we are we youth are a youth on this podcast we are a youth on this podcast um <laughs> for a little while longer yeah man I'm so I'm so glad this is happening I'm I'm so glad that there is a senate on the youth that is happening soon because yeah I don't know, I, I, well, a friend of mine cool, walked right? up to me when I was reading a friend of mine was walking up to me walked up to me when I was reading the document and he was like oh what's that I was like oh it's the pre senate document on the youth. And then he's like, oh, why? And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a synod on the youth happening. And so they called a pre-synod, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, why are we having a synod on the youth? Are we having a synod for, like, 40-year-olds? And I was like, oh, okay. Mm. All right, first of all, the 40-year-olds got us into this mess. And also, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know, it's, I, I, I think that there's such an emphasis on the youth because like Franciscan has a theology program and a catechetics program and everyone needs catechesis, but they have a specific concentration for youth ministry. And that's because youth ministry is so important because it's like the, the, the embarrassment of riches in America has caused a lot of corruption and a lot of like a lot of, of lukewarm faith. And it's more important to, if you're, if you're late on a bunch of assignments in school, you don't try to keep playing catch up until you finally get to the stuff that's due tomorrow. You start with the stuff that's due tomorrow, then you keep playing catch up because like mm-hmm. what's what, what's one more day, you know? Um, yeah. That's kind of where we're at. Is like we need to lay the foundation so that we have more people growing and growing to help us with the the massive work that's happening. And that's exactly what Steubenville Youth Conferences did for me. Yep. You know, they mm-hmm. they reached out to me when I was at a crucial point in my faith. They kept me from making further mistakes down the line. They, they committed me to Christ, and so now I can help, right? And, and that's happening to, like, thousands of teens every right. year. Even if, only, even if only the amount of teenagers that go to one conference gets, you know, converted, I guess you could say. Like, that, that's, that's 4,000 people that otherwise would not be as dedicated to Christ mm-hmm. and that have years left on the earth to do something about it, you know? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I mean you're you're a, a thousand percent right. That hooray! It, yeah, it's I, usually I how it you. goes on this podcast. Is Patrick's the correct one? Well, <laughs> no, you're, you're not wrong. Ethan, oh, I haven't said anything. That's just I'm just affirming Patrick. The OKC Thunder's not <laughs> terrible. Um, I, you know, it, it was it was fascinating to to be in the room. I'm a Hamilton fan, so I can say this in the room where it happened. That mm. like, as we're sitting around reading the first draft of the document. There was, there was some disagreement with some of the stuff that was said, but that was the experience of like engaging in discussion and debate and disagreement was an experience of church. 
And mm. I, I sat there for a second. I was like, how cool is this that the Vatican trusted young people to actually be able to like honestly talk about their own issues? And can you imagine if we embrace this model in all of our church initiatives? It's like one of the things that the document talks about pretty heavily is like bringing young people to the table to inform the hierarchy about other things besides just themselves. So like, I think it would be very valuable if every pastoral council had two youth representatives from the church mm. to just like speak honestly about like, well, this is how a young person would affect that. And, and I'll give you a, a very practical example from my own diocese. Please. We just did a multi-million dollar capital campaign the past couple of years. I mean, buku bucks were raised. And I, I, I was a parish youth minister at the time while, while this was all happening. And so we as parish youth ministers were like sent documents and information to promote the, the capital campaign, even among the young people so that like they would go home and maybe like mention to their moms and dads, like, Hey, like part of the money we're fundraising is to build this new youth facility in our diocese. And so this promo video was done about the whole capital campaign. And when I say like Buku bucks, like 30 million plus dollars was raised for my tiny diocese of like 37 parishes. Wow. So like, that's a lot of money for like, that's almost a million dollars a parish that had to be, had to be pledged. And this promo video that they did, like talked about how the different amounts of, of money were going to be siphoned off. So like the priest retirement fund, and we need like $15 million of repairs to our cathedral because it's a historical building and it's falling apart. And, you know, $5 million is going to this, this new youth facility. And then there was a pause in the video and it's a very well done video. And there's a pause in the video and it goes, one of the issues closest to the bishop's heart is uh, dealing with poverty in our community. And so $3 million will be apportioned to providing resources to Catholic charities. And I was, I was sitting next to two of my youth group kids. They came to mass with me that Sunday because their parents were out of town and they needed a ride. They're sitting next to me and the kid literally leaned over and he went, the poor people are only getting $3 million. And I said, well, $3 million is a lot of money out of 30 million. And he said, it's, it's barely anything in comparison to what we're putting into a building. And he, he was like super frustrated. And I, that literally Dang. popped into my head when that comp, that, that part of the document came up because it was like, had a young person been in the room when this conversation about the video was happening, he would have been able to point out the hypocrisy that everybody under the age of 25 was going to notice <laughs> in the video. And like only a kid that age would really notice that because only a kid that age would think that $3 million is not enough for poor people. Because like, like I was fascinated by the fact that we were brought to the table and I want that model to be used elsewhere in the church. And I hope it, I hope it does. I mean, look at you guys. You've got a podcast that's got thousands of people listening and you're under the age of 25. Right. Like your voices are valuable and they should be brought to the table and the hierarchy needs to listen to those and to use those voices. And I think it will help the church become more credible and more relevant in the world. And this is something that I've gotten into arguments with people on Twitter about is being frustrated at the fact that like we young people like me and Patrick, at least we just have a lot of zeal and a lot of energy and a lot of fire for ministry and mission. And we want to go into parishes and start to change things. But people constantly mm -hmm. tell me it's not going to happen, dude, you're too young. Like you don't give enough money to the church. You don't do this. You don't do that. Like you will never get, you'll, you won't get onto a parish council. There's no way you can really affect any change because it's just the way that it is, which is really frustrating to hear somebody tell me. Cause it's going to be like, all right, watch me prove you wrong now. You know, uh, it's like none of y'all have read Jeremiah one seven. Yeah. Or like the beloved apostle was like a teenager. When exactly. He got and, and it's just, we can't, we can't let that attitude be 
pervasive because young people, you know, coming out of college and in the first couple of years of their careers, they need to know that what they say matters and they are just as much of a part of the church as the 60 year old couple that's been donating thousands of dollars every year, you know, like, and that's, that's part of it, right? Like how much, how much tithe is coming out of a young person's pocket. And there mm -hmm. is this prevalent, prevalent attitude that if you're not donating, you don't get a voice. And like that tithing is not in the, like, that's not part of, that doesn't, that's not what makes you credible. We've got to be careful. Right. I don't be heretic. Like <laughs> the amount of money you put in the basket does not give you any more or voice. less say in like the yeah. church, you know, because you still go to mass, you still receive the sacraments, you're still a part of the community. Uh, yeah. Regardless. And so yeah, it's that's just a super like American post-Protestant attitude. Like, yeah. If you it give is. enough money, it you get a voice. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. And there, there's a guy on the parish council at the parish that I go, I go to, I've grown up at, and that was where I worked. Um, under 30, young lawyer. He and I went to school together and he ran for parish council twice and he lost both times. And the third time he ran after he'd opened his own law firm here in town and like had some measure of success. He overwhelmingly won. Wow. And he and I talked about it. He's my lawyer. Mm -hmm. And and he and I talked about it. It's weird for me to say that I have a lawyer, but, <laughs> but we we had to write a will because we have a kid now. So like James and I were yeah. talking about it after the fact. And he was like, I guarantee those people that voted for me the third time around only did so because I have an address and a sign with my name on it that says Suddeth and Associates. Mm. And I was like, Yeah, and it's a damn shame because you had something to say seven years ago. He said, I absolutely did, and I'm gonna say it now. And like, I, I admire you guys so much. Anybody that's out in the space that's like, you know what? Like, we have something to say. It's valuable. We're going to say it. You can take it for what it's worth, which is why podcasts are so valuable. Cause like, all you need is a Google Hangout and a microphone and you can say something and it will affect mm -hmm. people's hearts and people's minds. So I get off my soapbox and just say that thank you guys for doing the crunch. <laughs> thank you guys for having me on. Everybody go read the presented document. I need another beer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Ethan, Ethan, are you drinking? Uh, no, sorry, I did. I don't have any beer. I haven't been to the liqueur Ethan, store. Ethan, it's my birthday. It's not your birthday, and it's Thursday. It is my birthday. I'm going it's to my get birthday the whole week. Hey, I'm going to get drinks tonight birthday. after after mass, so I'm saving up my birthday. my beer allowance for then. What time is mass? Do you have like a late mass? Nine thirty p.m. Monday through Thursday. That's so cool. It is. See, that's effective, actually awesome. folks. That's good ministry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it has some drawbacks. Oh, yeah. Kansas State's ministry is like it's. We're popping off top. right now, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Y'all had the biggest group at Seek, didn't y'all? We I had the we had the fourth biggest group at Seek. Um, with behind, no focus missionaries. With no, we did not have focus on our campus. We had the fourth biggest group at Seek behind Look at that. Texas A and M, Nebraska Lincoln, and Benedictine. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, we did. Texas A and M and Benedictine cheat. So, so they they really do. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I don't know what I was talking about, but yeah. Patrick, what do you think? <laughs> um, I think we should move on to something that gets us a little less angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick uh, something, <laughs> pick yeah, something sorry, light, sorry. light and frothy. Yeah, I didn't come on here just to, to vent. That's okay. We can talk about yeah, that's book, what so that it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can talk about the book. Patrick, ask her about the book. You're the one that read it and also got it sent to you. Oh yeah. Ethan didn't get the book sent to him, which is, I know, I'm she, she sent me one. She today. sent, she told me today. I'm done with this podcast. I'm going to drop it off. I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's okay. I just, I just like to play <laughs> the victim. I'll blame my, I'll blame my daughter. She's really hard because taking her to the post office is the most annoying thing. Cause, cause she's just, she's, she's at the age where she won't stay still. Mm -hmm. And the post office is the perfect place. to She's get also trouble. the exact correct size to accidentally fall into a mail chute. So she you, gotta, is. Yes. you have to avoid that. 
<laughs> I would be the worst mother in the world if my child ended up. You know, one time my mom lost me when I was about that age. Uh, really? It's I was, seven months? That's scary. I was, Whoa. well, think about this. I, we were in the house and I was laying on the floor and she just left me there, apparently, because that's a thing that you feel comfortable doing as a parent. Yeah, yeah. She walked away into the kitchen, did some, did something, came back. I was gone. Turns out I had just <laughs> rolled under the the tablecloth. <laughs> And she literally lost her mind. Like she thought she had no clue where I was. She almost called the cops, but I must have tooted or something. I must have like farted and she heard me, but yeah. So don't worry about that. And it was awesome. Uh, Speaking of your daughter, I was telling my uh, pastor here at K-State that I was interviewing Katie Prejean McGrady. And he said, who is that? And then he Googled you and he saw your video of your daughter dancing to Taylor Swift and face planning. And he wanted me to tell you that it made him smile. So thank you. For that. Aww, Wait, that sounds like the cutest thing ever. It was we freaking put a link to it that. Was adorable. I, I tweeted it. Yeah. So Rose and I do dance parties in the living room. Um, and the, she's not actually like dancing a whole lot. She's just like, she just fell <laughs> standing there. And then <laughs> she, she, she fell like over. 10 seconds <laughs> of adorable. Yeah, once, once like, <laughs> did, did you start spinning around? Cause that's usually when you can tell once they hit three spins, kids can't, they can't hold themselves. No, she's just sitting. She's just attempting to hold herself up. She's not like at oh. the spinning stage yet. She's only seven months. I still we haven't. I still haven't like, made it to the spinning like stage. Up. Neither of us actually know what the growth stages are for children yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm like seven months old. She could be talking for all I know. Does she know yeah. algebra she's, yet? She she knows Latin. Um, she's a lover of the uh, extraordinary form. Ah, so to all my cool. haters out there. Um, no, she actually posted a picture yesterday of her in front of the St. Therese quote. My favorite St. Therese quote is love alone that counts. And my husband commented on Facebook, man, she's really advanced in her spelling. <laughs> it's like, That's dad joke of the year right there, husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, seven months they're like, so she's crawling and she's grabbing at literally everything in sight. So her favorite toy right now is my crucifix necklace. Um, and when I put her down for naps, all she does is like, you know, she she settles in, she nuzzles in to mama, and then she just grabs my crucifix and just kind of like rubs it because it's got texture to it. So she loves that. And she's eating. She eats everything in sight. That's, so that's uh, the development. Your kid sounds exactly like me. That's good. Like that's, yeah, those are all the things that I do is I crawl. Ethan, you currently, you currently act like a seven month old. Thank you. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's good for you to say because it makes me realize that it's true. <laughs> Somebody else affirmed it. Yes. Oh man. So your uh, your your book <laughs> follow starts out with um. I, don't, I, I actually don't. I actually don't know what I had to ask you questions about your book. Let, tell <laughs> tell me. Give me like the. I I thought it was a really interesting like way to start it off. Someone came up to you and like asked you a question about yeah. following Christ, and that like had made you have an existential crisis, which is which is perfect. That's. Great. I did. Yeah. I legitimately. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I I just given a keynote, and you know I. I judge my talks on the way that young people stay still. Um, so they're either sleeping because they were bored or they're like actually listening. And so like this crowd that I had just spoken to, they, they were like clued in. Like I was pretty excited that mm-hmm. they were listening. And um, then this young man came up to me afterwards and showed me that he wasn't listening. He said, <laughs> who is Jesus and how can I get to know him? Whoa. Um, and I was like, well, those are massively important questions to ask. And like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm done with giving a talk, so I'm an introvert and giving talks is remarkably draining mm. and exhausting. 
if you're an extrovert. So imagine being an introvert sharing your heart with thousands of people. Yeah. So like all I wanted to do was walk into the green room and grab a Coke. And then this guy's like, hey, let me ask you these massively important questions about my faith. And if you get them wrong, I might, you know, swear off the church forever. So I tried to answer him and I gave pretty crappy answers. Mm. Um, and it bothered me. Like it kept me up that night. And then the next day on the airplane, I pulled my computer out and I opened up a Word document and I started to try to answer his questions and I couldn't do it. Um, so one of the fascinating things about writing a book is how how many drafts the thing goes through before they actually acquire it. So you send off a, <laughs> oh, hey, here's my idea. And they come back like, no, nah, we don't like that, but maybe take it this direction. So this book had four different acquisition drafts before my editor and I that I wrote Room 24 with at Ave. She was like, okay, now we can take it to the actual CEO and publisher. Um, four drafts because I couldn't, I could not wrap my head around how to answer the question properly. And then when they finally acquired the book and they were like, we want you to write it. Here's the direction. We like the direction you've taken it. I was able to turn it out in about 65 days um, because I just got wow. going. Um, Cause it was like, yeah, all right. Now I know what I'm doing. Now I know how to talk about Jesus. Now I know how to talk about how to get to know him and, and let's, let's bang this thing out before a baby arrives. Cause I'm not going to have time after that. It's great. Cause like, as you get more and more pregnant, your, your belly so, slowly and slowly turns into a desk, you know, you have your own it, desk. Most yeah. of, most of the fourth and thir third and fourth chapters were written in her nursery in the most comfortable chair in the house. So nice. That's why the book is dedicated to her. Aww. So she let me borrow her chair. <laughs> um, have you ever, have you ever read introduction to the devout life? Uh, parts of it. That's Francis de Sales, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I always read thought. I always thought like that information that is found in introduction to the devout life would be is invaluable to mm -hmm. young people who it want is. to start. Yeah. 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 No. It's, it's literally an introduction to the devout life. You know, it's like, it's like how to, how to start, how to be Christian, prayer, like how to yeah. be Christian. And how to be I, devout. Honestly, yeah. the first, the first part of the book is all dedicated to like meditation and prayer. And I honestly think that your book captures that part of introduction to the devout life, which has been like cool. instrumental in, in me learning how to like grow in meditation and prayer. And what I like is all of the all of the chapters in the book are themed after just reception as opposed mm -hmm. to like how do I follow Christ, which is kind of like an active mm. you know, it's like it's like, oh, I have yeah. to like do this action and then I go to heaven. But, but like this is more of a reception. The only the only action that we have that we have in 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 your, the only chapter that is us centered is like, oh, lift up your heart and then it's just open your ears, receive his grace. And like in prayer, you're just like, like that's all you're really doing is receiving. And yeah. I think that I think that this book fills the need that I saw. And so I just want to say, like, really, thank you for filling this need because it, it's definitely necessary. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I um, I, I got off the phone just right before I called you guys. I was on uh, the Ken Huck show on, on Radio Maria. Um, and so I finished the, the interview and, and like put my phone down. I wasn't name dropping by saying this. There, there is a point to that story. And because no, I doubt your listeners are listening to Radio Maria, so they wouldn't even know who this guy is anyway. We are not. Um, we have no clue what he, that is. So somebody was like listening to it that had already read the book. And I got this Instagram message from this girl who said, I just want you to know that I read your book and I started doing the scripture assignments that you give in the second chapter. And it's really done a lot for my faith. And like, that's all I want this book to do. Like, yeah, it'd be mm -hmm. nice if you bought some copies and like I got some money from it because like it took me some time to read it. But at the end of the day, like it's, you know, it's not, that's not why you write a book or that's not why you go give a talk. Like the, the goal is to win hearts to the Lord. 
Yeah. And the goal is to inspire people to love Jesus. And so like I gave this kid such a crappy answer. Now I need to give everybody else a really good answer. <laughs> have you, have you met the kid yet? Has the kid like responded to you? No, no. And see, this is the thing. Like he, I don't like, it feels sometimes like this kid was a ghost or like an angel because I have been back to LA three different times since that conversation. And I have asked if that young man is in the audience, can you please come find me? Cause like, I need to talk to you. I have your answer. I like need to give you something. And mm. he's either he's terrified or he graduated. Like he very well could have been a senior and like graduated. He's mm-hmm. just not coming to high school events anymore. Yeah. But I'm hoping also, LA is the biggest city. It's huge. America. It's massive. So, right. <laughs> 14,000 young people at, at all of their conferences. So like I, I, I'm okay without, I just hope he reads it. And like, yeah. I hope it does something for him. And if it does it, like there are thousands of high school kids just like him that hopefully will pick up copies. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. That's like, I mean, if it was an angel, then it was an angel like, or God sent you this kid, you know, just to prove to you that first mm-hmm. Peter three sixteen is real. Like we always have to have a reason for yes. our, our hope and joy in Christ. Like that. And that's something that like we say, and we know like, Oh, I should always be ready to defend the faith. But like when push comes to shove and some kid walks up to you and asks you like point blank, you know, like, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. I think that's really cool well, that you had that experience. My my resume would say that I'm ready, right? Mm-hmm. Like the places yeah. I've been, the talks I've given, yeah. the stuff I've done. And like, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a call to arms. And I, I think too, like we can get super technical with our definitions sometimes or like, oh, you should follow these 10 steps and then you'll know Jesus. But you know, you know, the best way to win a person to Christ is just sitting down and sharing your heart. Mm-hmm. Gra- let's go grab a cup of coffee. Let's go, let's go talk to each other about the moments when our lives have totally sucked mm-hmm. and something good came out of that. Or like the moments when there's been nothing but immense joy and delight and like what happened as a result of that. Like that, that that's effective evangelization and successful ministry in mm-hmm. a nutshell. That's what it's all about. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And this is something that we've talked about in the podcast uh, tons of times is that the Christian faith is not this thing that we do. It is, it is a gift from God that we receive and something that we receive so much of that we have to pour it out to others. And so the fact that you wrote a book about it is awesome. And I can't wait to get it in the mail and read it and share it with all my friends. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's, it's what we do. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like at the end of my life, when, when, my daughter is writing my eulogy in hopefully like 80 years. Like I hope like the first thing that she remembers about her mom is that I loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. I could, I could care less if she knows where I went or what I did or how much money was in my bank account. Like mm-hmm. I want her to know that I loved Jesus mm-hmm. by the way I acted, the way I treated her, the, you know, how, how we talked about faith at our home. And, like, I think that's gotta be the goal. I mean, Pope Francis's new uh, apostolic exhortation. If you haven't read it, read it. It's, it's beautiful. He quotes Leon Bloy, oh. the greatest tragedy in life is to not be a saint. And like, I, I literally was like, I was cheering mm-hmm. as I was reading. It's like, yes, I love this quote. I, yeah, and he's absolutely right. Like that is the greatest tragedy is to not be a saint. And you're not a saint if you don't know Jesus. Like, because that's literally all heaven is, is just hanging out with your best friend. So like, that's, that's the whole point. Listen to the crunch and get to heaven. And you're good. <laughs> one will, well, one did, will lead did, you like, to the I other. Uh, <laughs> Patrick. Yes. Crunchbowl. Crunchbowl. That's right. That's right. Oh, crap. I forgot to write Crunchbowl questions. That's okay. Oh, my goodness. We have some ready, so it'll be fine. Katie, Katie, McCready, are you ready to get into the Crunchbowl? I am. Bring it on. First question. What is 
your favorite cereal? Cereal? Yeah. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, hands down. Oh, oh, my girl. It has our name in it. Yeah. The taste you know that? I had a bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch today for lunch, along with a hamburger. It was great. I had a bowl <laughs> of... a college meal. I had a bowl of Frosted Flakes. I was going to say, was flakes. that in the cafeteria? I had it a bowl of Frosted Flakes today. That was good, too. No Cinnamon nice. Toast Crunch, though. I'm a poor man. I can't afford anything. What? Sorry. Oh, I'm on the Raisin Bran bandwagon. Okay. Mm. I love Raisin Bran. Okay. I found a, a brand of Raisin Bran called Raisin Bran Crunch. That also has our name in it. A brand of Raisin and Bran? I love it. Raisin Bran brand? A brand. Raisin brand. Brand brand. Yeah. Raisin Bran is my Raisin Bran. I uh, I love Reese's Puffs. I'm on the Reese's Puffs tip lately. Uh, Frosted nice. Flakes, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles, uh, Even as a connoisseur. I'm, I really do. I just love all of them so much. He gave him up for last year. Is is that, you know? What's that? It's his dad. dad. Yeah, my dad came up with it. it. Yeah. He, because my dad knew that I love cereal and my dad was eating cereal and he was thinking about a naming for, because we didn't have a name for our podcast when we started it. And he sent me an email. Mm -hmm. He said, Hey, I was eating cereal and I thought maybe you could call it the crunch. I was like, dang, dad, that's dope. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I, I, I renamed it the crunch Catholic podcast and our logo so that people would know what the heck this thing is. Yeah, it's like, what is the true. crunch? It's weird. You gotta put Catholic in there. You might, you might get some weirdos in there. Or else it's not, wanna... it's not real. It's, uh, not, it's not a serial cast. The next, the next crunch bull question. Would you rather have two ears on your butt cheeks or a butthole on your forehead? <laughs> two ears on the butt cheeks. Interesting. Down. Very good. Very good answer. Very quick. Very ready. I like that. Well, Always... I mean, I just, I feel oh. like the other way around is just not sanitary. Yes, but also think of how fun it would be to to toot out of your face. I'm somebody's mother, okay? I can't do that. That's true. Fair enough. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Would you rather have your shirts always be two sizes too big or one size too small? Two sizes too big. Yeah, I think that's the answer. I think that's everybody. My shirts are always one size too small because of my big big arms, my big arms yeah, and chest. My big arms. <laughs> Strong. Uh, I don't have any other questions. That's the only one I have. <laughs> oh, my, my favorite one is, would you rather, um, would you rather, uh, oh wait, what is it? Baby. Crap. Baby oh, muffin. Oh, oh, change gender every time you sneeze or not be able to tell the difference between a muffin and a baby. Oh gosh. <laughs> think of your um, child. Both of yeah, you. Yeah. Think of your kid. Bad for her. <laughs> I was going to say, I would just never eat muffins just to be safe. I'd probably say the muffin and the baby one. Mm-hmm. Because if you're, but then if one you day sneeze, Tommy walks in and be like, yeah. "Katie, why are you, why are you cradling that blueberry muffin?" <laughs> blueberry muffin. I just really like muffins. You dad. did this to no, me. No, that's my husband, not my dad. Sorry. <laughs> that was a weird. I don't have a complex. I promise. We're slipping into a lot of oh, Freudian stuff at the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, are you, no, it's it's totally fine. You're getting into that that mode of of referring to each other as mom, mom and dad, dad. Well, so that so I mean, that Rose so eventually guess. yes. Yeah, I mean, have y'all heard Jackie and Bobby's story about that? No. Uh, Their little girl, no. Abby, Abby called Bobby, babe. Whoa. She's like, hey, babe. And then, like, Bobby, like, freaked out. He's like, <laughs> I am bad. And that's because Jackie and Bobby call each other babe all the time. So, like, I t- when I when Bobby told me that, I was like, honey, like, from here on out, I will refer to you as daddy in the presence of our child so that, A, she starts saying it, and B, like, we, I, like that would just be, I mean, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, that's it's, like, hilarious. a little terrifying. Yeah. You're like, that, that, that's so. got to stop now. <laughs> yeah, that has to end. And, and of course, Abby picked up on it, so it was like, it's going to become a thing now. So <laughs> she's cute. She makes up for it. She's an adorable angel baby. 
Amazing. Oh, that's her last name. That's right. Uh, Patrick. All right. Would you like to wrap it up for us, please? Thank you. Yes, I would. But first, Katie has to tell us where we can find her and plug whatever she plug wants whatever to. she wants to plug. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Katie Prejean, P R E J E A N. Um, I've got follow and uh, my first book, Room Twenty Four, are available on my website, katieprejean.com. Um, and buy them from her website; she gets more money. That's true. Well, actually, no. That I think the link there is on Amazon. If you Ugh. if you just shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter, I can get you a signed copy for free. Whoa! Not for free. Not for free. No, edit that out. Can I say that again? You <laughs> say it again. Put yes. That in there. <laughs> no. You can, if you uh, if you shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter, I can get you a signed copy. There we go. Much more correct. With yes. no additional charge for With the signage. No additional charge for the signing. No additional. No, the signing is free. That is a crunch exclusive. Yes. You can only get the signed version of the book if you mention that you heard about it on the crunch. Actually, so when is this going to air, guys? <laughs> uh, Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Um, so p- you can keep this in. If your listeners message me on Instagram or Twitter that they listen to this podcast and they want a copy of the book, I will give them a copy of the book for 10 bucks. It Whoa. usually sells at 1395, but I will do a crunch exclusive. When you listen to this podcast, shoot me a message on Twitter and Instagram and you can get it for 10 bucks from me. Patrick, we're making plays. It's cheaper dude. than it is on Amazon. We'll now we can go. figure out how, how many people actually listen to our show. Exactly. You're going to get you like go. three messages. Good deal. <laughs> Dad, Patrick's mom. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's that's a that's a great group. That's a good company. All right, thanks guys. This was fun. Yeah, thank you good. for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, Are you going to look up Crunch of the Week, Ethan? I'll close it out. No, no Crunch of the Week. It's because it's an okay. interview, and I feel weird doing it. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow us, it's Apple Apostle at Catholic Pat. All the regular places, patreoncom slash Crunch. You know what it is. Um, we don't have anything else to promote, uh, and that's it. <laughs> Patrick, do you have anything else to say? I do not. Thanks so much, Katie, for coming Go. on. This yes, is great. thank you, Katie. Everybody, thank you. Everybody say thanks to Katie. Everybody Yay. say thanks, Katie. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.